You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Two minutes past three. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show on our penultimate afternoon for the year. Kimbo and the Rooch with you live from Studio Lumo SA. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, we're here thanks to our good friends at Hyundai and Balfour's. Been a big weekend of sport. We better get the Roochmeister in. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka laka, shaka laka, shaka Now, Rooch, you were talking Rooch. about your eyeballs last week and needing matches to keep the oh, eyelids. Even uh, more. You look like you got four kneecaps now. More. You're Just not keep hot. watching match after match after game after game. Yeah, you're holding up, old friend. You. Oh, I'm entertained. Are you? Absolutely. Yeah, there's some great football being played at, in Qatar. What? Uh, what? was your moment of the weekend? There was a lot of sport. There was Davis Cup. There was cricket. Oh, I'd probably seeing the way Argentina rebound and Messi doing his Messi stuff. He is an extraordinary player. So mm. Argentina's there. Of course, the Socceroos winning. Intrigued about the Socceroos, Kim, because we seem to bounce from result to reaction, result to reaction. But Well, you do. Well, we all do. I don't think everyone does. Some people thought saw it for what it was, losing to the best side in the world, France. Yeah, and then they win at the weekend against Tunisia. But I don't think it should change the bigger picture because that agenda was running whole through the World Cup campaign leading into that qualification and then a playoff with a South American team. I think we still have to look at the bigger picture rather than just look at result after result. If no, we get okay. through to the round of 16... That's an extraordinary result for the Socceroos, well, it but it shouldn't take away the key points that were made after the loss to France. I think the parting words on Thursday were, after the hue and cry mm. about our performance regarding France, yep. if we win our next two games, everyone all will be forgotten. Well, they only need a draw now. Mm. They only need a draw against Denmark, and they're through to the round of 16, which will be an extraordinary result considering all that Graham Arnold's been through, etc. All right. We'll yeah. get into that a little bit later. We've got a big show coming up at 3.30. The Adelaide Strikers were unbelievable on Saturday night. I watched every delivery, the raw excitement, enthusiasm. It was a ripping atmosphere at the expense of the Sydney Sixers, who went into that game as red-hot favourites. Mm. Uh, Amanda Jade Wellington, Adelaide Strikers, leggy. She's a bubbly person. She's an absolute beauty will join us at 3.30. Tony Banger-Bamford at 4 o'clock, Roach. It's a big weekend for his flock. Well, tonight, the first round of the AFL draft, and then tomorrow we get Adelaide and Port Adelaide in action because they don't have a first-round pick, although they did get first-round draftees through the trade period in Rankin and Horn Francis. But, yeah, there's the expectation that, well, we know Matthias Philippa will go in the first round. We know that. We're just yep. curious as to where he does land after Essendon's been big on him for a long, long time. Could he go at number five? 
Will there uh, I be? Think, I think Riley Beveridge. Was it Riley Beveridge? Has him going to St Kilda at number 10. Mm. Well, he's still going to be a top 10 draftee. Mm. It's a big result for him. And he's certainly not lacking confidence about what it's all going to be for him at the AFL. And then tomorrow they're all back for the second round and onwards when Port and Adelaide will get busy and we'll see if there's some of this very, very highly rated SA talent that's on their radar or whether they go further afield. Yeah, well, we'll hear from Banger. Of course, he's the Sanford under-18 state coach mm. and looks after their whole junior program, uh, whether he's got a few smokies for us. SEN World Cup commentator Richard Garcia, former Socceroo, will join us at 4.30 to dissect what's happened overnight and what happened the night before and what we have to look forward to. And Brady Phillips will join us at uh, 4.45, a chance to say thank you and uh, Merry Christmas to Brett Phillips, BP who was working on the Davis Cup last night. Roach. Can we can we do this about the Davis Cup? Has it just lost its way again? Yeah, it's now no longer the best of five. It's one-day format where you get two two singles, and if that's resolved, you don't need the doubles. They go through this final series, as they call it. It's not all through the year where you go from home base to mm. you know, event after event. I go to the final in Malaga. Canada wins it for the first time. Great on them. But I'm, I'm not convinced about the format. A bit like the Fed Cup as well, now the Billie Jean yeah, Cup. Yeah. Uh, it's not what we grew up no, with. No, it isn't. Remember, well, not even even well before you and I were born, remember what War Memorial Drive would be mm. when there'd be those enormous Australia-USA moments where they'd put on the temporary stands and have the place filled and buzzing that's, here in Adelaide. That's when our Australian tennis stars were world superstars. I agree. I understand that, but... Instead, we got the car. I knew we were buggered last night. I turned, I flicked over from the soccer to watch mm. the Davis Cup, and I saw the cock out there with the new do. What's with the bleached like? hair. No, bleached he's got hair. the bleached blonde hair, and I'm thinking, come on, cocky. It's not yes. about you. Just get the job done. Yeah, you felt You're for not like, a rock star. You're yeah. a tennis player. You felt for our captain, Leighton Hewitt, because you know what the Davis Cup has meant to mm. him. So Diminor and Kokonakis both go down in straight sets. Minor goes down 6-3, 6-4. Kokonakis 6-2, 6-4. It's not quite the scoreline you want to see from an Australian You don't even get the opportunity for the reverse singles. Well, that's 2-0. That's it's done. That's what I'm saying. It's Mm. a whole different format where you thought, okay, you get the doubles where we've had extraordinary doubles players who then make it 2-1. And then you go, oh, we've got to fight for the second day. It's on again. It's done. Two singles. Or it gets the two all and you get to the doubles. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you, Roach. We're live and interactive. You can have your say. 0427-154-166. Or if you want to have a chin wag, you can ring us on 1300-736-736. All righty, let's get into some of the topics of the day. Can I give you one straight off? Because I want to get this one off my chest. Been going at me ever since yesterday. You're going off script, are you? No, no, because I want your natural reaction. I don't want... I want a rehearsed reaction. I well, want what, natural what, what reaction. What do I rehearse, Rich? No, it gives you time to think about what you're going to say. I want you to say this right off your chest. Could cost me my job here. The 2005-2006 <laughs> AFL Grand Finals, Sydney and West Coast. Mm-hmm. Memorable contests, weren't they? Yes, I was there for the Low scoring contests. Mm-hmm. Did anyone complain about the low scores in those two epic battles which finished with one having Leo Barry becoming... A legend of the game, so no, to speak. I've uh, argued with David Wildey over this for years and years and years. You don't need high goal scoring to be a great Thank game. Thank just saying, so why is everyone going on about the AFLW grand final? Oh, only two goals scored. It was an epic contest. It was it's brilliant. Beat the script. We live in a negative world now. I know there's so many people that has their two bobs worth, and we're included. Mm. We're included. But the negativity and the carry-on about the the game being played at the new facility in Brisbane, 
was premature. It had a great atmosphere there. So it finishes with Melbourne creating the upset. Yep. Defying a Brisbane side that we've applauded all year for being high scoring. Two goals in the game, fair few behinds that decide the contest in the end. But why should the commentary be about, oh, there it is again, low scoring AFL well, who, Who's been a, saying that? Was every, that what's happening on Brecky, was it? Well, it's happening everywhere. I think you that's up a, any any form of social media or fan commentary. Well, and fan a commentary lot of them are just naysayers that didn't even watch the game. Oh, no, they were watching. They were sending those notes out during the game as well, Kim. Well, how can you enjoy it if you're just looking at it I'm that way? I'm not sure. I, I thought sure. the endeavour and the desperation was first class. How did they do it, Melbourne? Because that's something that's been troubling teams all year, how to stop Brisbane shut loading down, up its attack. They shut down their run, and it just highlights once again, all you got to do is get there, then you're a chance. Exactly. And that could have happened maybe to Adelaide if they were good enough to get to yep. the grand final. But they'll never know. But amazing performance. Let's not forget, Melbourne lost the grand final this year to Adelaide. Mm. So to regroup in the space of a few months. Let's have a listen to Daisy Pearce. She didn't want it to be all about her, no. but uh, it was hard not to focus on her. This is her post-game. I'm just so proud of our group. Like, <laughs> they just played their absolute hearts out. Like, it's not a game that looks like one of our games, but we found a way just through sheer heart and our spirit. Like, every single one of them had a moment today. I'm just so proud. And they were very inclusive in terms of all the support staff. They got everyone up on the stage, every player that had played uh, or hadn't played yeah. right throughout the year. What did you make of Daisy Pierce's line? You know, there's no bells and whistles here at Melbourne and we don't. Give away cars to get you here. Yeah, it was a subtle dig at the recruitment of other <laughs> players. <laughs> um, oh, good luck to them. Yeah. All right, we're going to go for a break, Rich. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on that as well. As I said, we're live and interactive. 0427 154 166. Hopefully you're listening on the app where it's crystal clear. Oh, the frustrations. Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the positives of the Adelaide Strikers. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 3.16 on a Monday afternoon. We're here thanks to Balfour's. Uh, Balfour's in one hand, your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. We love them. Alrighty, uh, coming up, Amanda Jade Wellington from the Adelaide Strikers at 3.35, 4pm. Tony Banger-Bamford, coach of the South Australian under-18 team in the Sandfall. 4.30, Richard Garcia, former Socceroo. And 4.45, Roach BP, Brett Phillips. Now, Roach, you are propagating the thoughts of the negative. Am I? I'm just telling you the reaction that people had. Well, most people on social media prefer to be negative anyway, don't they? You can't ignore your fan base. Well, we're talking about the AFLW Grand Final. Yes. You can have your say. Um, yeah, there weren't a lot of goals kicked. I thought it was an unbelievably competitive mm. game. Extraordinary storyline. Um, and, look, you cannot compare it to the men's. No, That's a fact. No, no, nor should you. So I think people, are, if they couldn't get enjoyment out of that game, I think they're quite negative. This one's come through, though. There's no name. It says, come on, guys. Soccer kicked more goals. The game was ordinary. I mean, it was humid. There'd been a little bit of rain up yep. there. It was a little bit slippery. Um, here's another one. Come off it, Roach. If there was a men's game that had a similar scoreline, regardless of the contest, there would be deserved criticism, even from you both. Being treated equally means you have to accept the criticism too. And that's why I brought up the 05-06 grand finals, which are incredibly low scoring. Yep. 
but a massive contest with an amazing storyline. Yeah, sometimes it's not about having a 25-goal to 23-goal game. Yeah. And which I, can be I, just as tedious to watch because you go, this is repetitive up-and-down footy. Uh, that's from Damien. Damien, yeah. thanks for putting your name on it. Uh, it's not quite equal at the moment, though. You know, they're part-time. Yeah. They're not professional yet. Mm. Tell you where there were a lot of goals. You remember on Thursday, we were blessed to have two of the hockey men here. Eddie Ockington played his 400th. 400th, and Australia saluted him with 7-4 against India in his 400th after winning 5-4 against mm. India the previous day. It was That's a, a shootout. lot of goals. It was in a there. shootout, wasn't it? There's a lot of goals going on there. Was it a penalty shootout at the end? No, there's a lot of goals going on there. Mm. They're playing attacking yep. brand of hockey. They're trying Five to win test matches over. here in Adelaide. Two done. All right, Three Richie Rich. Uh, the cricket was sensational on Saturday night. And the Adelaide Strikers, third time lucky. Uh, Thankfully. Yeah, they certainly felt the pain losing mm. last year in a game they perhaps should have won. They're a little lucky to win this one, but it was a thrilling encounter. Let's have a listen to the uh, final stages of the Adelaide Strikers defeating the Sydney Sixers. That's a clean strike again. It'll fall in the hands. Juggle, juggle, juggle. It doesn't matter because the Strikers have won their very first title in the WBBL. It was nerve-wracking all the way through. They've been knocking on the door for so many years. They beat the Brisbane Heat in the Challenger, and now they've beaten the Sixers in the final. Great result for South Australian cricket at a time when we're so critical of what the Redbacks are not delivering. <laughs> so the women have put us well, on most the of national... our state teams. Rich. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we got a national champ yeah, finally. Yeah, it was beautiful. So we'll have a chat to Amanda Jade Wellington yes. a, a little bit later. We mentioned AFL draft night. Uh, Tony Bamford will be joining us. Uh, Roach, let's go back to um, Saturday night. Was there was that much sport on Saturday mm. night? Yeah. Saturday night, the Socceroos. Yes, prime time they were, Saturday All right. night. Yeah. Uh, you want to listen to some highlights Absolutely. to relive the moment? When they were victorious over Tunisia, it was all courage. Goodwin gets a crossing, takes a deflection, and it's Score! on targets! Get out. Mitch Duke gets his head onto it for Australia. Craig Goodwin had a look up. He saw the cross. Took a touch, played it in, had a slight deflection, and Mitch Duke, Australia's Duke, nods at home. Moy, three gains for the Aussies. Matthew Leckie, just a bit flat-footed, but gets on the end of it now. Tries to split the gap in midfield and follows up nicely with a challenge to keep possession with Australia. Now Irvine going forward. He's got Goodwin to his left. Duke's in the middle. Goodwin through and past the goalkeeper. No one on the end of it for Australia. Dashing away is Keshrida for Tunisia. From right back to the edge of the box, Keshrida. Someone put a challenge on him. Some, Someone clear the ball. It's Sleety. Someone. One way to the other. His oh. shot is blocked and Australia clear their lines. Skitty gets the cross in towards the back post. Matt Ryan is there and he's claimed it in it's the air. Huge. It's a huge take. Matt Ryan threw himself at that. Body fully outstretched overheads and takes the claim. All eyes on the referee to blow the whistle. Mate, do us a favour. <laughs> Put Paolo out of his misery. Matt Ryan. Has to be. We'll clear it away. Bullets. There it is. And there it is. The task was laid out for them. And Australia barely, by the skin of their collective teeth, up to the task. First win in 12 years. The beauty of the last game in the group stages, they're played at the same time, so the conspiracy theories get thrown out ever since 1978 and the famous, well, rigged games of the Argentina World Cup. 
So France are through. They've got six points, won both games. Then there's Australia with three points, Denmark, Tunisia, one each. So the assumption that France doesn't drop the game against Tunisia, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have the French president ringing saying, I'm still not happy with them dumping our submarines. Let's no, no, fix I, them up. I think it's a remote possibility. <laughs> <laughs> So Australia then plays Denmark just needing the draw to get four points and to go through to the round of 16 for the first time since 2006. Challenges there before them. Going to be an interesting final round of that group. Uh, I would be covering all bases, and if I was elbow, I'd be giving Mr Macron a little call. Uh, right. Graham Arnold becoming the first Australian coach to win a World Cup match. In 12 years. In 12 years. Yep. Um, this is Graeme after some of the criticism they copped mm. after losing to France. Hey, Graeme. Uh, Oliver from news.com.au. Um, after the France game, there was a lot of former um, Socceroos and fans who, who, cares? Were, who were critical. What, what's your message to them? They've never coached. Yep. And, to, <coughs> and they've never been to a... Sorry? And, and former players? Uh, well, I, I, don't, I haven't seen who was critical, right? but they've... I think some of them have never even been to a World Cup. So I don't, you know, I don't listen to them. They have no effect on my life. Can't keep putting our heads in the sand on that one. Some of the commentary was very strong about where Australian soccer or Australian football is in the big picture. And we just cannot ignore that again for another four years. I understand that. Can't we live in the moment for now? Oh, I can understand that. Can't we live in the moment for now? Uh, He's very animated on the sidelines. Almost scary, isn't he, Yeah, well, he's gone through a rough journey. It's almost like... Well, we know what Ange went through, and he in the end said, I'm out of here. Yeah, uh, you ran him out, Rich. Thank you. You can take right, responsibility okay. for that. I'm going to run you out, too, because we've got to go to a break. Right, okay. We're running low. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 29, appreciate your company. If you want to have a chat, uh, you can give us a call on the Lawn Hub Talkback line. That's 1300 736 736. Should remind everyone, too, if you want to win $1,000 worth of free fuel, we'll be doing Beat the Boys at around 345, 350. All you have to do is ring that number around that time, and you can win $1,000 worth of free fuel, all thanks to Hyundai. A few texts coming through. Roochie Roach on 0427154166. This one says, um, referring to the AFLW Grand Final, and your comparison reached to 2005-2006. This one says, those grand finals, Rucci, still kick three times more goals. But what were they in comparison to previous grand finals, so the decade before that? They were nowhere near as high scoring, and no one complained about them being low-scoring games, perhaps except Andrew Demetria with the famous... Hmm. Swans play ugly footy, but they were great contests. Hey, they're shorter quarters, and uh, honestly, yep. if you don't turn it on and expect to see the same scoring or the same skill set and compare it to the men, because you, you're not going to get that. Sit back and enjoy, well, if you want to, I'm not telling you to do it. Sit back, contest, yeah, yeah, watch the contest, um, mm. watch the passion, watch the commitment, the courage, and, yep. and watch a, uh, a whole generation of new humans getting to play our great game. Indeed. And it could be just as nervous tonight in about two and a half hours because there are teams, clubs, AFL clubs, that are throwing all sorts of carrots out. Now we've got the Western Bulldogs trying to get draft pick number four Mm. from Essendon. 
Sydney's declared it's prepared to put first round picks and early picks on the table because they're really excited about what's in the draft field for next year. We could be in for a wild ride tonight. Just yeah, to know I'll tell you who'll be in for a wild ride, and that'll be Matthias Filippo because, uh, yeah, you know, you've been point. saying, Rich, he'll go at four and Essendon will take him. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, AFL.com, Riley Beveridge reporting he'll go at 10 at St Kilda. I think Hawthorne are an enormous chance to get him. Mm. Um, look, more texts coming through. We'll get to those shortly. Oh, Michael's up and about. He says, hi, boys, I find the media so fake in their praise of AFLW. We'll address that, Michael, oh, uh, after the news and after we have a chat to Strikers leggy Amanda Jade Wellington. That's coming up next. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Just after 3.30, Kimbo on the reach with you. This is the run home thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Well, it's been a big weekend for our Adelaide Strikers girls. It was the third time lucky. They are champions of the WBBL competition. It was an enthralling game to watch, Roach. Uh, we were in a bit of trouble there for a while. And then uh, a young lady called Deandra Dotton came in and mm. went whackety whack whack. Bit of West Indian High hitting, eh? Oh, high hitting, yeah. eh? High hitting. She was belting them everywhere. Yeah, and another integral part was one of our favourites. She's known as Well O or the Hyphenator. Amanda Jade Wellington joins us now, the leg spinner with all the flair. How are you, Amanda Jade? Yeah, I'm going really well at the moment. Um, slowly getting there, but you know, <laughs> celebrations are going hard. Well done. <laughs> we'll get into the game shortly. Uh, what have you done since, when was it, Saturday night, Friday night? Uh, Saturday night. So Saturday night, yeah. Got back to got back to Adelaide. Well, Saturday night was a big night for us. Just celebrating the win and enjoying everyone else's company. Um, I think we stayed out until maybe like five a.m. So that oh, was a really good effort for yeah, us. Why not? Why not? <laughs> and then and then got back to Adelaide the next night. Stayed out until 2 a.m. Oh, look um, at you And then go. we're currently out now. <laughs> Are we allowed to so, say what pub you're at now? Yeah, of course. Go for it. All right. Well, you have to tell me where it is. Uh, we're at the Gilbert Street oh, Hotel at the moment, just uh, having a bit of a lunch and a feed with the support staff because, you know, they've done so much for us behind the scenes and just really embracing everyone here at the Strikers family. Oh, beautiful. If anyone's in the vicinity, pop in and uh, buy the girls a drink because it was well-deserved. It was a thrilling encounter. You looked in a spot of bother. Yeah, there was a lot of um, ebbs and flows throughout the game, wasn't it? Um, I thought, you know, our batting, we didn't really get the score that we wanted on the board, but runs on the board in the final was very crucial. And I think that 147 mark with our bowling attack, you know, one of the best in the business, I thought that was defendable. But, you know, um, yeah, runs on the board in the final was definitely crucial. So at four for 16, you're looking to be in pole position, so to speak. But yep. It didn't work out that way, did it? No, um, Nicole Bottom and Elise Ferry, obviously two quality mm. players um, and very experienced. They got a partnership going on there um, really well. We, you know, there was a little bit of panic around, but not too much because we knew um, without bowling attack we could easily um, rip through them. So I think like it was a it was a matter of not panicking too much, but like still be aware of what danger they could cause to us. Um, you say not to panic, but there would have been a bit of panic yeah. after a few drop catches early in their innings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we actually quite joke about that at the moment because like we feel like we haven't played our best three all year and we've won the championship. 
like, <laughs> that's ridiculous to say. Mm. Um, like, our fielding this year hasn't been up to the standards where we wanted it to be. But, like, yeah, to win a, to win a premiership against the Sixers, who's been on top of the table mm. all year, has been unbelievable. We saw Maddie Penner drop a couple of catches and then uh, we got the prize wicket of uh, Alyssa Healy with an absolute yeah. spectacular catch. And uh, her confidence yeah. was up and about after that. Yeah, definitely. I think Maddie is someone who puts a lot of emotions into the game, as you can see, like the footage and the TV yeah. footage. Um, she's someone who cares about her performances and all her team performance as well. So, you know, she just really wants to do well for the team. But some of those catches at the start were pretty hard. Like the one off um, Bates of Bridget Patterson, she absolutely smoked that. Mm. I was, was going to be very surprised if she took that. If anyone was going to take it, it would have been Bridget. If it was me, it would probably I would have dove over the ball or something like that. I would have managed <laughs> to do that. Amanda, third time lucky, as Kim said. What was it about this series that made it work for you? Like you said earlier, it wasn't the easiest of uh, runs to the premiership for you, but you beat everyone along the way, so you've earned it. But what was different this time around to make it third time lucky? Yeah, definitely third time lucky. But I think the hunger and the desire to go one better than last year, we were so close and we've been so close in the um, past that I think everyone was just so hungry to get a win. And I think it was funny. There was talk around the fact that we thought the game against the Brisbane Heat was a bigger game than the grand final itself because that was a challenge for us mentally. Um, And we knew as soon as we did that, you know, We've got the grand final. Like this is our sort of taking. We wanted, we wanted that revenge. Talking of the Brisbane Heat, did uh, Shooter Megan Shoot put a little bit of additional pressure on everyone with her comments <laughs> <laughs> about them being nah, arrogant? That, nah, that Shooter just been Shooter. She's open-minded and says whatever she wants. So like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, um, it is the media. It's going to blow up stuff, and you know, um, yeah, it is rivalry. I guess um, there was always going to be rivalry in sport and cricket alone. So I think, yeah, with professional sports itself, you've got to expect that sort of thing. Uh, tell us a little bit about Deandra Dotton. Uh, didn't have the biggest home and away season, but the finals campaign was absolutely enormous. Without her 52, she is a power hitter. Uh, you would not have got the job done. Yeah, 100%. D-Dot has played a massive role for us this year. Not only just being a bowl, uh, batter, being an all-rounder, like following those crucial overs in the power play and the surge, um, she's been a real leader, and I, I kept saying to her on the grand final day, you know, big players step up to big moments, and she definitely did that. Amanda, after you finish painting the town red, what have you got planned for the rest <laughs> of the summer? Oh, well, uh, go back and play WNCL. Um, unfortunately, not going to pick for uh, Australia, but, you know, I'm putting that behind me now. I've got 50 over career to worry about. Yep. Um, hopefully, going to try and get a chance to play in the PSL or the IPL, uh, put my name up for that. And then in a couple of days, I'll probably hear from Charlotte Edwards about the 100, hopefully, to get retained, but ah, wait. Yep, yep. So back over there to uh, still. Yep. England. Yep. Um, you weren't the most economical, but you got the big wicket of Maitland Brown. Yep. That's, yeah, it, that's I all think, you got for uh, me? Yes, I've got the wicket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think, like, it's funny with T20 cricket. I know, like, as a spinner, I generally know either days I'm going to get spanked yep. all over the park or I'm going to get a bag full of wickets. And I think for me, as the leg spinner that I am and the traditional way I bowl, um, I know batters are going to go after me. So if I go for a six or four here and there, but I pick up a really crucial wicket, that means most. That's the more important thing. Mm. 
I think for me is I don't want to steer away from the type of leagues that I am just to be, you know, containing runs or to get, you know, five or six over and over. I want to try and get wickets. And they certainly had to take someone on and they, they took you on. Hey, congratulations. Uh, it's been lean pickings in terms of titles here in South Australia. We're so proud of you girls. It was, it was a thrilling game to watch. And uh, even with a, an over to go, there was still a possibility that they could steal it, as unlikely as it was. Hey, you boldly at the death. How did you feel? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't get told until the last second. I was absolutely... Um, Packing what's the, it. What's the word? I, yeah, packing it. I was packing it. Uh, definitely. Uh, but no, when Tudor and teammate came up to me and asked me if I wanted it, I was like, yeah, give me the ball. I'll take this. I wanted it. Um, but yeah, I my initial plan was for Maitland Brown is to bowl it hard into the wicket, making her hit the offside to get her off strike. Yeah. Um, and not letting her get under the ball and making a step hit. Um, but yeah, that last ball, I was like, well, I just land it. Just land it, please. <laughs> yeah. like, if I have to bowl at the thumb, hmm. just make sure I don't get a... <laughs> uh, I think oh, I it, was, it was Italia that came and spoke to you, and I, I would imagine they were saying, just do not do a no ball. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, you just got to land it. And I was like, I'll bowl, I'll bowl a long ball at the thumb, make sure I don't bowl no ball, and I'll bowl a half tracker, fine. Like, even if it just lands. It'll be fine. Well, you wanted the moment uh, no. and you owned it and uh, it was uh, sensational. <laughs> uh, last question, who's been best on ground the last two days? Oh, best on ground, uh, probably someone like Annie O'Neill or Darcy Brown. Well, Darcy Brown. And how well did Darcy bowl? <laughs> she was unbelievable. Oh, she's been unbelievable, especially how a few years ago you, you, know, you would know she was running drinks at Strikers. Um, and to see her come so far is unbelievable. Well, Amanda, congratulations. Pass on our best wishes uh, to all the girls. Uh, keep the celebrations going. They are well-deserved, and we really appreciate your time today. We'll let you go back and relax now. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Thanks no, for having me. No, it's a pleasure. The hyphenator, Amanda Jade Wellington. It was uh, unbelievable to watch the atmosphere of that game, and the Sixers were red-hot favourites, but uh, those early wickets put the pressure on them Indeed. well and truly. So South Australia, the strikers made five for 147, and they were allotted 20 overs. Win by 10 runs, and we have a national champion at home. We've Finally, been, We've Jim. been waiting. Well, we've been waiting four years, haven't we, Rich? That's the first oh, one. It's the first we wondered, one cricket for ages, isn't Well, it? we wondered who was going to do it. Lightning went close yep. a couple of years ago. Yep. Strikers have been close to men and women, but yeah. finally, third time lucky, the yeah. Strikers have won the women's title. And I won't mention Port getting to a prelim final, Rooch. It looked like it could, it could have happened there a couple oh. of years ago. All righty, we're live and interactive. Send a text on 0427 Hey, what about this? Sorry, Santa, but no one delivers like Hairy Dog. Visit iCanWin.com.au to have Hairy Dog deliver the liquor for your Christmas party. It is that easy. This is Kimbo the Roots. We're here thanks to Hyundai and Balfour's. Beat the boys coming up next. If you want $1,000 worth of free fuel, yes, $1,000 worth of petrol, all thanks to Hyundai, give us a call now on 1300 736 736. All you have to do is pick whether you want to take on myself or the Roots. It's a best of three questions. If you uh, are victorious, you go into the draw, which will be announced tomorrow on our last day. And you'll have a one in five chance of winning a thousand dollars worth of free fuel. Ring now, beat the boys, one three hundred, seven three six.
7-3. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. It's 3.51 on a pleasant Monday afternoon. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Drive diesel all-wheel drive. If you want $1,000 worth of free fuel, ring now. one 736 736 Roach, back to this text. Oh, and well done to the girls again and Amanda Jade Wellington. Um, they're all at the uh, Gilbert Hotel at the moment. So if you're a fan, pop down there and buy, buy them a drink. Yep, buy them a sherbet. Why don't you do that, Rooch? I'm here. Buy the bar. I'm here. Ring through with your card details. I'm here. Ring through. <laughs> <laughs> You've broken into a cold sweat at the thought, haven't you? Hey? It's your shout. Uh, here we go, as usual. Uh, now, this was the one I teased before the ad break when we are talking about the AFLW Grand Final. Yes. Hi, boys. I find the media so fake in their praise of AFLW. Journos only praise it because they'll cop it if they don't probably be sacked for criticising it. That's from Michael. Well, Michael, I can only speak on my behalf, and uh, I find that a load of rubbish. Uh, I genuinely like it. Um, if you watch the game, you can see where the improvement is required, and you can also, it depends which way you want to look at it, you can see the improvement that's been made in a very short space of time. It's the fastest-growing team sport in Australia by a mile, so it's great for the code, and uh, if women want to play it, let them. Exactly. But I'm not trying to talk you into it. I enjoy it. There's some games that are really frustrating and uh, the bottom sides are a long way off it. Well, let's be real. How many AFL games on a weekend do you get frustrated with as well? Yeah, uh, plenty. Exactly. But th- there's an enormous disparity in terms of the skill set. Yeah. But that will happen. Yeah. And if we were around 170 years ago, Roach, when VFL stroke Oh, AFL, when John Ackerman was kicking the ball around here on the Adelaide Parklands just wh- over whoever, the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he would have been less skilled than what the girls are now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, beat meathead Michelangelo. <laughs> that's in regards to... Uh, beat, Mario again. Beat the boys. Yeah, that's Mario. Mario. Um, guys, don't be surprised to watch the Crows make a selection tonight. I bet this is this Lockie. No, it's not, I don't think. Uh, don't be surprised to watch the Crows make a selection tonight. Crows want to trade up, trade next year's first round to Sydney for their picks and trade up to pick five to eight if the player they want is still available. Oh, Only tuned. person hoping it won't happen is Brett Turner, as there wouldn't be a list spot for him. And that oh. would be the cruelest cut. Okay. Stay tuned. But there is some talk that there could be a little uh, action. I was reading yeah. an article from Western Hamish Bulldogs are eager on Essendon's number four pick. Yeah, sorry. I was halfway through a sentence there, Rich. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Right. Hamish Ogilvie. Yeah. yeah he, he didn't rule out doing some or should he? trading. Yeah. All right. Doors always open, particularly when clubs are prepared to listen to deals. Here's a text. I'll have joy reading this one. Seems you cut me off, Rich. Thank you. Thankfully, the Adelaide Strikers didn't emulate the master of capitulation unruly Rucci. <laughs> That's Chopsy. Mm. You get a lot of nicknames, Rooch, haven't That's you? That's amazing. Uh, the Crows women say hi. <laughs> well, what's, I don't know what that means. What's the, uh, the humour in, in sure. that? Uh, who are you barracking for in the dying stages of the AFLW Grand Final? Uh, Daisy Pearce. No, no doubt. The time that she had that honour of being a premiership player. Yeah. She worked so hard through, even before the AFLW was around, you, she deserves that pleasure yeah, yeah. And Brisbane's I've, been there before uh, thought you know 
clearly, if you had what was right, Brisbane deserved the premiership for the way they had been all year. They did. But well done to the crowd too. Yeah, final few minutes, you go, oh, yeah, did they, Daisy needs to be a premiership player. Yeah, it protects the Adelaide Crows record a little bit too, doesn't it? Well, it's the only team with more than one flag. Mm. Okay. Well, that will change. There'll yeah. be winners. Brisbane will come back. They're a good side. Talking of winners, Roach, um, we've talked about a lot of things today in a short space of time without mentioning the Australian PGA and the greatest golfer in the world at the moment, our very own Cam Smith. Um, he took out the PGA by three strokes it was. Here's Cam. He's a headline act in every way. For the third time, Cameron Smith is the 40 net. Australian PGA champion. Turn off your phone, Kim. <laughs> Did you hear that then? I heard it all the way through. It's a dog barking. Yes. No one would have known it was my phone, Rick. <laughs> what, they think, what, we've let a dog in the studio? It's the uh, gardener from Port Vincent. Oh, how's Hi, he going? Jeffrey, I'm on air at the moment. I'll <laughs> give him a ring. Yeah, it'd be more like, how are the weeds going? Mm. Hey, uh, the Adelaide 36ers, we haven't had them on for a couple of weeks. They had a few dramas, losing their star input. Oh, yes, but they've... But, Come together very well without him. Yeah, they're in the they're in the hunt route for the playoffs. The zone, long yeah, way to go, yeah. long way to go, but uh, never easy to beat the Wildcats. They're in a world no. of pain, aren't they? Do we mention that? <laughs> what, what what are you alluding well, to? We know who the owner is. Who's the owner? We, we don't want to push buttons there with Craig Hutchison at the moment, do we? He's already had a fair bit come on back page of the West Australian, didn't they? Go after him. That's Michelangelo Rucci saying all that. <laughs> Let's have a listen to the coach, CJ Bruton. Anytime you come into the jungle and, and play against a team like this and the fans like this, it's an it's exciting piece of basketball. Uh, clearly, we're trying to get better. Um, I know that our season, from our preseason to where we're at, it's, it's been a mixed bag, but we're, we're on the mend and trying to keep getting healthy. We're also trying to find an import, also trying to establish who we are. Um, normally that takes seven to ten games and just being real and honest and with our guys and where we're at and what we need to continue to get better at so that we can make strides in the right direction to have a shot. And they're winning. They're winning against the team that has tormented them for a fair while, the Wildcats. Most successful everybody. franchise yeah. in Australian sport. You have a new nemesis, Roach. You have a few. You've, you've racked up a few over the journey. Mm. We know that you have great banter with Michael and Blake. Yeah. And Steve from Lilydale, until you're very rude to him, Roach. Right. Haven't heard from Steve. Merry Christmas, Steve. I still love you. Uh, Damo's come back for another crack, Roach, mm. on the text line. 0427154166. Regarding the AFLW, mm. Damien says, Roach, yes. you can't keep saying don't compare AFLW to the men's comp and then immediately compare them to the men's. No, I wasn't comparing them. I was actually comparing people's reaction to score lines. That's why I asked you. How did you feel about the 2005-2006 grand finals, which had eight goal score lines? And that's why I wanted to hear if you had that same thought. You don't actually have to have a game of 20 goals to be entertained watching the contest. As I said, um, back, no, I'm in talking the, about, back in the double A days, yeah. I debated this with my uh, oh, and new, new be, team member, new team member yeah. David Wildey. We'll be doing the footy together this year. Um, yeah, we used to debate that. He he likes goals, but mm. then again, he was a full forward as a junior. Yep. So my point, Damien, is not comparing AFL and AFLW, but comparing reactions to the theme of how many goals do you need for a game to be entertaining? Mm. If we were entertained by two epic Swans mm. Eagles grand finals, mm -hmm. which were low scoring, why is it a problem if an AFLW grand final is low scoring? Yeah, look, it, it didn't bother me, uh, but you know I have an understanding of where it's at. 
Um, what are we doing here? Here's a text. You blokes were talking about waiting for a state-based champion and how it's been a long time coming. The Crows women won about six months oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. We're talking <laughs> yeah, about in the summer field. In the summer no, field, we've, we've been struggling with basketball, cricket. No, that, I'll, take a, I'll take a hit for that. I've got my hand up in the air if you're watching on the podcast at the moment. Yeah. I did have a brain fade there. Yeah, but, I don't uh, think, but we have been talking about... I don't think we about football. We've been talking about what other sport was going to step up. Um, no, uh, A-League as well. I generalised it, yeah. But we, we have been talking about lightning 36s. Yeah. Yeah. I brought football into it. Uh, very fair point, though. Uh, so we've got two... Just to so, understand the context, we've been talking about outside of football, which one of the basketball, soccer... Netball, mm. those teams would give us a national title to be proud of. About well, we've got one now. Now this is a fair text, I think, Rooch. Before we go to the four o'clock news, then Tony Bamford will be joining yes. us under eighteen South Australian coach. Mm-hmm. Um, given some of your negativity towards the Socceroos and banging on about you know the lack of planning and yep. you know sort of just killing the moment. This one says uh, this is from Ethel from Ethelden. She Hello, says Ethel. if Australia make it through to the group rounds. Through the group rounds, Rucci should walk the length of Rundlemore in a mankini. No. Mm. Wouldn't that stuff up Black Friday shopping and all the specials, eh? Be like a ghost town. Uh, Tony Bamford coming up next. Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Just after four o'clock, Kimbo on the Roots with you live from Studio Lumo SA. All thanks to our good friends at Tire Power. Draft three tyres, get your fourth tyre free on Falcon four-wheel drive Wild Peak tyres. Well, the AFL draft for 2022 gets underway tonight, 6pm Adelaide time in Melbourne. Our next guest, Roach, um, I'm just wondering if he'd be as nervous or apprehensive or as excited as the birth of his two children. There'd have to be some similarities. Let's find out. Tony Bamford is the coach of the South Australian Under-18 and State Academy program. Joins us now. Tony, uh, is it a big night for you? Oh, g'day guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly an exciting time of the year for everyone in the talent department, not just myself, but um, I think uh, I think we'll be more nervous tomorrow night, to be honest with you. Mm. I think we'll have a, a few more selections in round two, three and four tomorrow. Um, probably only one, maybe two tonight. So uh, excited and anxious, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a really big time for the talent department. Well, you know these boys better than anyone. You've seen them turn into men, basically, uh, through their formative years. Uh, you say there could be two in the first round, which go tonight. Mateus Filippo, and uh, what are we thinking for the second one? Mac, Michael Anning? Um, well, it could be an early bid for Max, or it could be um, it could be a, a late call-up to Jacob Ryan from Glenelg. Um, and I only say that because I know that... Um, uh, the AFL have requested that he set up for a Zoom meeting tonight just in case. So Matthias is obviously over in Melbourne. He's the only one that got invited over. But, um, yeah, Jacob is the one here in SA who's had the AFL media department set up a Zoom meeting just in case something happens late tonight. So we'll have to see what, what happens. Oh, and there's a uh, big story, and I'm in the advertiser today as well. So no Zoom set up for uh, Harry Barnett? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I haven't heard about Harry. 
But um, I did hear about Jacob. Where do you reckon Harry will go? Because he seems like he's getting a bit of traction and attracting a lot of interest. I think I'm pretty confident he'll be a second-round selection. Um, what club I've got no idea. I don't even bother trying to work that out because it changes <laughs> so quickly on the night. But um, wherever he lands, uh, they're going to get a, a really, really good player, a strong, competitive ruck who's got a body ready to go. Mm. So, Tony, the just the draft rankings had Mateus Filippo around 10, but he's clearly going to go earlier than that because of club needs such as Essendon. If the Bombers do land the player they have been talking to so often this year, what do they get with Mateus Filippo? Um, Mateus is a, yeah, it's classified as a tall mid, 192 and still growing. He'll probably end up, you know, a couple more centimetres and maybe five to eight kilos heavier than what he is now after a couple of years in the AFL mm. system. So I think the attractive thing for Mateus is he's equally as good in the air as he is at ground level. He's got a beautiful left foot. Um, and he's not just a pure inside mid, like uh, he can actually win the ball on the outside as well. I think that's really appealing to AFL clubs. You've also seen his personality up close, and he's not lacking confidence. What do you know of him and what it would be like for him to get into the AFL system? Yeah, no, he's he's a very driven and very goal-focused young man, probably um, more so than anyone I've ever experienced in my mm. time here. He's, at times this year, we almost had to say, hey, mate, it's, it's, it's okay, just settle down a little bit. Things will happen in good time, is it? He's a young man that's in a hurry. Um, so he, his, his biggest um, challenge, I think, next year in the AFL system will be you know, waiting for his turn to play because mm-hmm. um, he'll walk in there, he'll train really hard, he'll get the respect of his teammates and, and um, you know, he might have to start, he might have to start uh, in the VFL or, or uh, a different competition based on where he's drafted. And that will that will test him out because he'll want to play around one. Yeah. Well, uh, Banger, the Roach has been saying for two months now that he's going to Essendon, but uh, I'm just having a look at some of the stuff that Cal Toomey's been doing. He thinks he might end up at St Kilda at pick 10. Uh, yeah, Cal's pretty good at, mm. at his predictions. He talks to a lot of people um, in and around Melbourne, so he's got a fair idea. I mean, it doesn't really matter where he lands. Uh, Mateus will, will adapt to the environment and put his best foot forward. Um, like most of our players here in SA, they're all just excited to get onto a list. Where that, where that is, I don't really care. This might be awkward for you to answer. You did say it doesn't really matter where he goes, but it, it does it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would not have wanted my son to go to Melbourne, say, 15 years ago, and some would say the same about the Gold Coast during the journey. Um, do you think it doesn't matter mm-hmm. now where they go? No, I still believe that every AFL club provides a unique environment. Some, some do it really, really well, and, and some probably need to, to do it a little bit better. Um, I mean, you could say, well, who would want to go to North Melbourne? But he's got, yeah. they've got the best coach in the industry yeah. there now, so yeah. that would be a destination club for a lot of people. And the Gold Coast are clearly on the, on the up. So uh, these guys will go. They understand the industry. They'll go wherever they, they need to go to, to drive their own careers and, and do really well. Tony, we don't have Adelaide or Port Adelaide featuring in the first round unless they work their way in there with this live trading mm. of trade picks of draft picks. They return Tuesday for the second round and onwards. How many South Australians would be likely to still be able to stay at home and play with one of the South Australian clubs? Do you think? Um, well, the more the merrier. We'd like them, <laughs> like a heap of them, to stay here in SA. To be honest with you, but um, as I said before, that. 
the, the live the trading of live picks is so unpredictable um, these days. You just don't know how many selections are going to be around. But we're pretty confident that we'll we'll get around eight players into the system. Um, but what club and of what draft number, we really don't have any idea. We, as I said to you before, we certainly expect the majority of our SA boys to be to be going um, to be drafted tomorrow night. Um, more so than tonight. So, yeah, anywhere between um, rounds two and three, I think we'll get a, a large chunk of our FA players around that range. Tony, for our audience, obviously a lot of Crow supporters and Port Adelaide supporters, the majority of them, um, they need a tall defender. Would they ever look at someone like Kyle Marshall from South Adelaide? He's 201 centimetres. They've been crying out for something like that. Is he a good investment? Yeah, Kyle's a really um, promising footballer. He's... He's come from a fair way back in terms of his development. He was playing ruck for Cardine College two years ago and um, Mark Clayton at South Adelaide saw him and, and got him into the system and turned him into a key defender. Um, yeah, he, he's a guy that's probably three or four years away from playing as a fullback okay. at AFL level, but certainly has the traits to play. He's got long, lanky arms. He's got quite good closing speed, um, defensively sound one-on-one. And has some pretty good composure. The, the other key defender in, in this draft pool that we're really keen on is Sean Benia from North Adelaide. He's a mm. big, stronger defender. Probably not, well, he's certainly not as tall as Cole. Cole's almost 200 centimetres and, and Sean would be about 193. Probably the same size as Stephen May from Melbourne. Yep. Um, but a real big, strong boy. Uh, he's able to ma- manipulate his forwards under the ball. Plays a bit like um, Barras at uh, West Coast and, and probably a little bit like... Um, um, uh, what Shannon, what Shannon Hearn does at West Coast as well. So, uh, so we're hoping, yeah, we're hoping Sean gets a chance, maybe late or a rookie. Be very happy if you picked up another Tom Barras. Um, just a, a last question, probably a difficult one, but uh, we hear about the players that are likely to get picked up. Um, you've seen all the youngsters. If you were to take a punt on someone, who's a name that you think could make it that's not getting a lot of love at the moment? Oh, that's a bit unfair, putting me in that position. Yeah, um, it is. You want me to throw oh. names? I can throw names. <laughs> Will Verrill, Tom Scully. We spoke to Tom the other night. You reckon he'll get picked up? Yeah, all those guys. I mean, they're tall. So AFL clubs are in love with tall players. So um, both those guys, along with Phoenix Foster, um, Harry Lemmy, all these guys who are around 200 centimetres, you know, they're, they're made for current AFL football. So... Um, I was a big fan of Phoenix Foster, to be honest with you, and in, in our program, sort of burst onto the scene, coming from a long way back. He played ruck in game one when Harry Barnett had COVID and wasn't able to play and, and did really, really well, and his confidence just grew from that moment forward. So uh, Phoenix is a, he's a key forward. He's not a genuine ruck. ruck. He's a key forward. He can pinch hit in the ruck, but uh, I think there's a lot of upside in this game too. Tony, you're also seeing the under-16s who develop into under-18s in your program. Should we get more excited mm. about next year's draft and the one after as well? Yeah, yeah, I think so. There's some unbelievably talented players in the next two years and some really some um, very, very prominent surnames from here in South Australia as well. So we've got quite a few father-sons coming through in the next couple of years. So, yeah, we're just um, actually just doing some work on that squad uh, he'll come into camp with me in December. I'm doing some work on with them now. Okay. So, yeah, no, it's going to be some great players. Um, not as tall. Next year's group won't be anywhere near as tall as this year's group. Mm-hmm. This was a bit of a um, one-off for us. We don't right. normally produce the uh, top-end talent in terms of tall players, but I think next year we're going to have some, some really good players as well. Can you tease us with a couple of the names of the Sons of Guns? 
Sure, sure. We've got um, well, Camparelli. Oh, yeah. He's in and around the place as a bottom age player. Um, Montgomery, um, Tyler Welsh. He's got a Welsh's lad from from the Crows. Yeah. Uh, we've got Arlo Draper's younger brother, Sid Draper. Um, who else? We've got Will McCabe. His father played a lot of games at uh, Centrals and Hawthorne. Um, oh, scratch his son. Is that uh, Ian McKay? Uh, Luke, Luke McKay. Oh, Luke no, McKay. Luke McKay. Apologies, yeah. Scratch would be too old. Yeah. Yeah. Luke. Unless he's been out in the paddock yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, Luke McKay. So Will, Will plays uh, now under 16 this year. My very MVP player. So he's, um, he's quite probably tied to walk on through father-son, obviously. Yeah. Well, exciting okay. times ahead and exciting times tonight and tomorrow. Hey, we wish your crop all the very best. I know it'll be a nervous watch for you, but congratulations on all you've done and all the time you've put into these young lads. Our pleasure. Thanks for chat, guys. Tony Bamford, the South Australian under-18 and academy coach. It would be exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah, nervous. nervous as well because unlike the old system of the old days whereby you were in a residential group, you knew where you were going, you knew which was your local club, this is a true lottery. You're yeah. waiting to hear your name called. You've had a heap of interviews. You've had a lot of promises, so to speak. Yep. But you don't know what's going to happen on draft night. You're just sitting there as a young lad hoping you can live the dream. You either get to be a professional footballer or you've got to go out and dig trenches yeah, or something think, like that. I think Bruce. Tony's point's a good one. That We're looking at 18 AFL clubs that have all developed very good systems around them. So you're going to be... You're going to be pleased to be drafted. And I think at the moment that is true. Even yeah. the worst club in the competition has the best coach over the last decade or two. And your point about Melbourne? Yep. Well, 15 years ago, it was not a good place to get. And yet, right now, it's not a bad place to be, is it? We need to go to a break, mm. Roach. That's a good place to go. On the other side of the break, we'll tell you what McGain Real Estate did on the weekend. Properties, they're still hot. Roachy Roach, we're live and interactive. 0427154166. Don't forget the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. If you want to have a chat, you can call us on the Lawn Hub talkback line. Real Lawn Fanatics use Lawn Hub Fertiliser. The number's 1300 736 736. Oh, three six, got that out. <laughs> Haven't had a problem with the teeth for a while, Roach. Mm. Oh, wasn't that an experience, eh? Getting five new crowns in one day. Money well spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice set of chompers now. Yep. Yeah, Roach, you lost a filling and you cried for three days. Just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, the run. <laughs> you what? Wasn't a filling. A corner of my tooth went. Oh, but did you suck up over it? Well, it hurt. The run home is brought to you by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. Oh, yeah, good. Oh, let's read a text before we get on to McGain Real Estate. Boys, this is from Phil. The AFLW beat-up is nonsense. The biggest problem is the AFL have demonstrated how not to set up a comp with this, at present, highly compromised league. They need to seriously look at how to catch the expansion teams up to the originals. Otherwise, there's a fair chance it will be five to seven years before the league's competitive, sadly. That's from Phil. It's a good text from Phil. So do they go to a national draft, which leads to its own problems of having to move people? Although we've seen young women are quite prepared to pick up their bags and go to another state to follow their dream. But his, his point's right. Until we get a national draft, we're going to have lopsided lists. So, so the work needs to be done there. So the big question is, and it's a good text, Phil, mm. uh, would you sacrifice the six years 
that the competition's been going and the growth that's happened there to have started it now with 18 teams. I think it's been invaluable whilst it's not, there's not a lot of equity there at the moment. No. I, I think they've made a hell of so a So what difference. do we do? We, we, started, we started the pathway to a national AFL in 1982 when Sydney was forced upon the Harbour City. Mm. South Melbourne were bankrupt. Off they went. It wasn't until... 2011 that we had the great vision of two teams in all the mainland states so that took 30 years and we've tried to do the aflw in six six yeah they're big agendas i think you take the positives out i understand what phil was saying you take the positives as i said before it's the fastest growing team sport in australia Mm. talking of things that are growing rooch mcgain real estate sold by mcgain again an awesome south australian company great success story if you're looking at buying or selling wearing them on my sleeve yeah the police are after you they rang earlier stop (laughs) pilfering clothing that's left on park benches rooch um it's who is that what is that shirt you have on it's the norlunga soccer club Norlunga Soccer Club, sponsored by... McGain. Sold by McGain again. All right, that's why everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up saying, sold by McGain again. How'd they go this weekend? How many opens were there? 45. How many groups of buyers went through? 535. 535 people looking at 45 properties. How many offers were made on those 45 properties? 155. 155. How many sold? 27. 27 of them sold on the weekend. The remaining will sell. Out of that 535, there's a lot of sticky beaks as well. You know, when a neighbour's house comes up for sale, you always pop over and have a look at the open inspection. Yes. Oh, yes, so I that's, do know their, that's that. their kitchen. That's yeah. the trophy room. Oh, that's yeah. the bedroom. All right. Yeah. Uh, I got issues. All right. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're live and interactive. Mm. Richard Garcia, former Socceroo, coming up <laughs> after four thirty, and BP Brett Phillips to talk about the Dud Davis Cup final. Yes. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all wheel drive. You're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Studio Lumo USA. We love our good friends at Hyundai and Balfour's and McGain Real Estate as well. Uh, Richard Garcia is going to join us after 4.30. Rich, he's part of the SEN World Cup commentary team, former Socceroo. Used to play for West Ham United. Yeah, really? Yes. Um, what are you going to ask him? You're not going to get de- go down that track of to... the planning again. Can't we live in the moment? We'll live in the moment. All right. All right. You talk about the games that are taking place. Stop living in the past. All right. Here's I'm another one for I'm you. living in the future. A bit of both. Here's one for you. This is the present. Try that. Right. Richie. This is back to the AFLW Grand Final. Uh. This is from Matt. They still kicked 15 goals in 2005. This is the 2005 Men's Grand yeah, Final, Sydney seven, West yeah. Coast, versus four in the AFLW. What a ridiculous comparison. Stop treating it as a professional competition when it isn't. That's from Matt. You're missing the point here. Yes, they kicked 15 goals, but it was one of the lowest scoring grand finals in a long, long time and for quite some time. But no one complained about it being low scoring. Everyone went on about what a great contest it was. It's a fair difference, but you are comparing the men and the women. No, I'm comparing the reactions to low scoring games. People go on about... Oh, I hate nil-nil draws in soccer. Some well, nil-nil draws are exciting It's, it's not game. a good comparison, though. It's, it is low scoring, but it's still eight goals compared to two. But I just think you just shouldn't even look at it that way. Take the yep. the game for what it is. Exactly. Understand where it's at and enjoy it. So like, I enjoy could... it. I, I see the growth, the passion, the endeavour. Yep. 
And more than anything, I see the enjoyment that the girls and the women get out but of that's it. That's my point, Kim. Watch the contest, not the scoreboard. All right. Here's one. That's from Phil. Uh, is it Phil? Yes, it is. Uh, Kim, I'm fully positive and I'm an AFLW member. It's more that it's too compromised for, my, uh, for mine. There must be a way to catch the expansion teams up. Maybe higher salary caps and the girls being at the new clubs longer in the off-season. Summer leagues is another option. Look, it's going to take time, but I think uh, it will it happen. And uh, you watch the improvement with Port Adelaide, which is near yep. and dear to us, yep. but uh, they only had the one win, but that will change. And then you have a look at sides like Fremantle, who were one of the originals, Roach, and they're down the bottom at the moment. Correct. So we just have to breathe. I think it's a little bit like the criticism of Australia losing to France in the World Cup. <laughs> then we have a win. It can all turn around very all quickly, right. Roach. Very good. Very good. Uh, am I putting a little bit of sugar on the yeah, top? Yeah, doing a bit of that. Okay, we'll go to a break. I'll reassess. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. 36 on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Loom OSA. Don't forget the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel is in stock now. Brett Phillips coming up at around 10 minutes time to talk about the Davis Cup and our loss to Canada. BP was working on Nine's coverage last oh, okay. night. Right. It was on Nine, Gem. That's why we've got him on, Roach. Well, you think we're just having a little chat before we go and leave? Why wouldn't we? Well, that's part of it as well. Uh, we're a little bit more serious with our next guest, though. He's part of the SEN World Cup commentary team. Uh, former Socceroo, represented Australia on 17 occasions. Richard Garcia joins us. Richard, appreciate your time. Oh, have Hello. we got Richard there? Hello. There. Richard, we gave you a nice intro. Have we got you now? Hey, gents, can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we've got, got you. Oh, beautiful. Hi, Richard. Appreciate your time, Richard. Well, the nation's jumped back on board. We're a fickle <laughs> The bandwagon's <laughs> back. <laughs> they were impressive against Tunisia. Yeah, they definitely were. The guys, uh, you know, were impressive against uh, France for, you know, a good 20, 25 minutes, and they showed what they're capable of. Uh, but against an opposition like France, it's always going to be difficult. Mm. And, you know, they carried, carried that on in the next game against Tunisia, which is fantastic to see, which means the guys... And the whole group is full of confidence, which is which is great. And you know now they've got a, a huge task ahead of them uh, against Denmark. Richard, tell us about how good that Australian defence was against Tunisia, in particular Suter, and how Graham Arnold backed him in, and he was very much true to rewarding that faith. Yeah, he definitely rewarded uh, Arnie and the faith that he showed in him, uh, and it just proves how much it means to him as well. You know, he's been out for a long, long time. Yeah. And and for him to be coming back and probably, you know, this is probably maybe his second or third game back, um, it's, it's a massive effort. Um, so, look, I think, you know, it's going to be hard for him to back that up against Denmark again, um, but it's the World Cup, so you put your body on the line. And uh, I'm sure a lot of the guys are out there feeling a, a little bit fatigued and a little bit mm. worse for wear, but it's the World Cup again and, and they'll be running through brick walls for, for the nation. Hey, Richard, when we look at the Cup in general, are we seeing a revolution? Is it the tournament of upsets? Uh, at the moment, it seems like it. It's, uh, it's a bit of a funny one where, you know, the, the guys who haven't had the most possession, uh, the teams that are oh. not being the aggressors, are actually stealing the games, which is which is exciting for, for the neutrals, um, you know, and it's, and it's great to see that some of these so-called smaller nations are actually 
uh, picking off a few of the, the heavyweights. Now, I'm not sure if it's the case in every World Cup, but I see the stats are heavily favoured for all the scoring being done in the last 30 minutes of each game uh, across the tournament. Uh, it, I was listening to the commentators last night. It doesn't appear to be the norm. Is there any reason it's happening? Uh, I think it's a bit to do with uh, the timing of the World Cup. It's mid-season now, so everyone's pretty uh, fresh and, and, and pretty um, fit. Uh, and I think, you know, in the, in the normal World Cup where everyone's had a long, uh, arduous season and then they've got a month of, of preparation, there tends to be a few early errors, whereas... Um, in this World Cup, you know, everyone's fairly fit and, and ready to go. So it's coming towards the back end of games when, when people are starting to get fatigued. In theory, Richard, everyone's still alive in Group D, although you would expect France, if they were to, true to the form, will get rid of Tunisia. Then it's Australia-Denmark, Australia needing the draw to be secure. What sort of game are you expecting against the Danish? Oh, it's definitely going to be a tough one. Both teams need need something out of the game, and, and that's going to... Um, that's going to write their destiny. But I feel that, you know, Australia, as much as we need the draw, we can't go out there for the draw. We need mm. to go out there for the win. Um, because when you sit back for the draw, you're always, yeah. you're, always going yeah. to get, um, you're always going to get hurt. So I think, you know, I know Arnie's not a huge believer in going out for a draw. He's always trying to go out for that win. So I'm, I'm expecting our boys to go out there and, and play very similar to the way they did against uh, Tunisia and and go for that win. Where do you sit with the way Graham Arnold's been going? He's uh, very animated on the sidelines, almost ferocious. Uh, are you happy with team selection and what he's doing tactically? Uh, yeah, look, I think it's it hasn't really changed as much as uh, as far as uh, the qualifiers are concerned. So he's 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 stayed true to what he believes in. He stayed true to the players that he believes in, and I think that goes a long way. Um, you know, there's always questions about selections. There's always questions about tactics. But, you know, at the end of the day, they've got to do it as a group together. And, mm. and I think that is the biggest thing. And you can tell even the guys on the bench, you know, when you look down um, at the celebrations after the goal against uh, Tunisia, you know, the whole bench is, is, is buzzing to be there. And everyone's ready to, to play their part when it's their time. So it seems like it's a very, very much a together group uh, at the World Cup. Richard, if we look at the bigger picture of what the world game is, and Europe's always an interesting point, we've seen Belgium finally perhaps reach the end of an era with their golden group. Is Poland the next, the next team to watch for being a contender? Uh, look, I, I, think it's, I think it's a difficult one because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the European teams go through cycles of players, very mm. much like every nation. They go through cycles of players, you know, for me, the, the the one who's at the start of their cycle that is going to go very, very far is Spain. You know, if you, we look at their team, it's a very, very young team. Um, they've played the Euros together. It was a bit of a transitional. And then they've come into this World Cup and they've really, really impressed with such a young squad. And, and they're a team that could actually go possibly... I think for me, they, they won't go all the way this World Cup, but, but they, they're definitely a team that could go further in the next World Cup. So what would it mean for Australia to get through the round of 16? Well, we haven't done it since 2006, so it would mean a hell of a lot. And I think, I think people underestimate the difficulty of, of, of getting through to the round of 16. It's yeah. such a hard task um, in, in world football because it is the best of the best from around the world. Um, and when you look at some of the stats from other nations and, and how long they haven't been to the round of 16... 
we're actually travelling pretty well um, within that within that world football ranking. So I think you know it's going to mean a hell of a lot if we can get through to the round of 16. It'll give not only the group that are there a massive lift, it'll give the whole nation a massive lift. And um, why not do it in Qatar? Richard, in a sporting sense, I have a man crush on Matthew Leckie. Has he been Australia's most consistent player at the World Cup the last 12 years? Uh, look, Matthew's done a fantastic job for the nation mm. um, over over his time, and and I think even more now, you know, it, it's a huge testament to him that he's doing it in a stage where he is back in Australia, playing in the A League, um, and he's still keeping his levels up to the the quality of world football, which is which is fantastic, and he keeps producing for the, for the for the Socceroos and what you're always going to get out of him is you're always going to get 100% and you're always going to make, he's always going to work hard for the team and that's I think um, something that we're seeing a lot in this Socceroos team that everyone is willing to work hard for the group. Richard, a weekend, who have you got as your finalist now? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one, that's a tough one. I haven't worked out how everyone crosses and where everyone goes to that that is a, a possibility. But when you're looking at the teams that are looking really good, you're looking at France, uh, you're looking at Spain, you're looking at Brazil. Um, Argentina haven't been too impressive, um, although they did improve. Yep. So, look, for, for me, France have looked really, really good. Um, those, They're another squad that are, are, are fairly young and, and they've got some powerful young players that are at, almost at their peak. So, look, France, Brazil are looking fantastic. And, of course, like I said before, Spain with that young squad as well, are looking really, really sharp. Richard, I'll give you an easy question to finish with. Uh, give us the scoreline. What happens Thursday, Australia-Denmark? Uh, I think Australia win 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One that's, uh, that's nice and easy, 1-0. Nice I think it's going to be a tense <laughs> affair. I think it's going to be a very tense affair. Um, and I think it's going to be a pretty cagey affair that will open up towards the back end. Um, but we're going we're gonna to do the job and we're going to get one new winners. Hey, we're loving your coverage on SEN. How are you finding uh, the, the sleep pattern, sleeping during the day and staying up all night? How's that been? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit difficult, um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. It is the World Cup and it comes around once every four years, so it, it's definitely worth it. And Richard, when it's over, yep. will West Ham rebound in the English Premier League? Uh, they definitely will. Okay. <laughs> they definitely it, will. I will hold you to it. Just quickly, were they no, the, the best days of your life when you were there? They must have been. Uh, they, look, the whole, the whole 15, 16 years that I was in the UK was a fantastic journey and a fantastic ride. And, you know, yeah. I, I played at some fantastic clubs and that was one of them. You know, that's where I, that's where I grew up. That's where I learnt the game. So very, very fond memories of being at West Ham. Richard, really appreciate your time. And as I said, we look forward to your continued coverage on the SEN right throughout the World Cup. There he is, um, Australian player. 17 times he represented our nation in the seniors. Twice at under-23 level as well, Richard Once at a World Cup in 2010. A few texts coming through yeah. before we start talking Davis Cup with Brett Phillips. Brettie boy, he's been very kind to us, hasn't he? he right has throughout indeed. the year. Yes. Love chatting to Brett. Yes. Um, just getting back to the AFLW again, Rooch, here's some texts coming through. Uh, Ruchi, why don't you read out some scores from the first five years of men's football in the 1870s? Exactly. There were a lot of scoreless games in those start-up teams as well. Yeah, and there's another one that came through here. Um, this is from Chopsy. I'd rather watch the AFLW than Dylan 
prancing around <laughs> Febbert and Oval in his tight little shorts back oh. in the day. Well, we're all wearing tight shorts now. They, they just look absolutely wrong when you look at the old footage. Someone that's never wrong, though, oh, unless it comes to tipping who's going to win majors, then he's absolute yes. um, shocker. I was going to say a swear word then, Rooch. I think he's with us there. Breddy Phillips, we wanted to wish him a Merry Christmas. Hello, BP. <laughs> what a way to greet him. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> well, I was officially on. I was officially off duty today because the tennis season's over, and then I got a text: "Can you come on, Kimbo, on the roof?" I thought, "All right, I'll start my RDO. I'll start my official break oh, tomorrow." We appreciate. So, oh, we we appreciate. Well, we don't want to talk about the Davis but which Cup, which makes that us much. wonder. Then, where does the Davis Cup stand? If it's like just a throwaway act to discuss it? Yeah. No, actually, I having worked on it in the last week. Yeah. I think they've done a better job uh, than what they've done uh, the last couple of years. Just to appease people who are missing, yeah, yeah. missing the neutral, uh, sorry, the home and away ties. Yeah. And, I mean, as Leighton said, it would have been great for Australia to play in front of 15,000 at Rod Laver or another venue around Australia. And we know that's probably never going to happen again uh, with the way the Davis Cup is now formatted. But I think Very they did sad. a good job to you know, create the sounds of the Davis Cup. So... Anyway, we'll see where it goes uh, yeah, if, long if term. No, I, I think you're professionally compromised, but, no, but if I can't got... take that at face value, Roach. I'm sorry, he's getting paid for it. He's not going to say anything bad. No, but if that... no, I, I'm happy to say no, Kimbo. Hang on, hang on. I'm I'm happy to say so. I've I've spoken plenty about the Davis Cup on the uh, on the first serve. Uh, I've joined the chorus 12 months ago uh, in disgust, to be honest. What I'm what the point I was probably making is that I think uh, just working on the coverage in the last week, I think they've done a better job. And because that, that's been the major concern, how do you create a Davis Cup vibe mm. uh, in these neutral venues when you've got a, you know Australia versus Canada overnight? But I think they did. I think they actually hats off to them. I think they did a good job. Would I still love best of five uh, home and away ties? You know, you're the best. You host the Davis Cup. Absolutely. I think we'd take that back um, in a heartbeat. The reality is, it's just probably never going to go back to that. Unfortunately. So, Very good answer, BP. So if we've got Leighton Hewitt seeing that there is a better way of doing it, could there ever be a groundswell movement that brings the Davis Cup back to its glory days? Well, I think the way, Rich, the the calendar's just become now. uh, And and look, you know, in the ITF, I sat down with Mark Woodford, um, you know, SA Royalty, uh, back at Indian Wells in March. I, I gave him his chance on the ITF board to to tell us you know, why they'd come to that conclusion. And a lot of that was player feedback. Yeah. Um, the, the calendar, the schedule, uh, the physicality of the game, how many weeks are we going to dedicate to Davis Cup? You know, I don't... I, I suppose all of us don't mind having this sort of World Cup of tennis, but what it means is it's only ever going to be in certain parts of the world. It's a bit like the Labor Cup. I mean, we, we draw the short end Australia. We're never going to get, we're never going to, get to see the Davis Cup uh, a final ever again. We're never going to get to see the Labor Cup because uh, logistically, who's going to come to Australia in September? Mm. Um, so we, we are disadvantaged, but I think, look, I think they'll keep tinkering with it. Uh, whether you add another week, another week, I mean, it'd just be great to see, you know, maybe more than one tie uh, play. I mean, for example, next year, having now made the final overnight, Australia's not required to play until September next year when the group stage happens mm. again in Europe. So we won't, we won't even have qualifiers uh, next year in Australia. So we'll have no Davis Cup here. So you know, I just think the money that's been pumped in, I mean, this Cosmos group has put in uh, billions into the ITF and I can't see it being uh, reversed. 
Well, let's get to the matches that took place. I was watching Belgium and Morocco, but I flicked over. I wanted to hear your dulcet tones, mm-hmm. and I wanted the barrack for Australia. But as soon as I saw the cock out there with the new do, the bleached hair against Shapovalov, I thought, he's not going to win this. It's all about him. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't want to put words into Yelena Dokic's mouth, uh, Kimbo, but she's not a fan of the uh, the blonde peroxide <laughs> either. But, um, <laughs> sorry, Yelena, I probably topped you in that. I wasn't making any headlines. Uh, but, look, yeah, I mean, he described it later uh, quite appropriately in the presser. He just felt useless out there. And w- what we detected earlier, the body language wasn't great. There was, mm. He wasn't up and about. I mean, look when Alex Demonor gets out there. It's like a raging bull. Yep. When he goes up 15 love in the first point, there's the come ons, there's the, you know, just trying to get in the face of um, his opposition player, whereas Fanasi had uh, none of that uh, last night. I mean, beaten by a good player. I mean, Dennis, uh, when he's on song, he's, uh, yeah. you know, he's like a tsunami at the other end. Mm. It's hard to stop. But uh, yeah, he'd be, dis- he'd be disappointed with his two performances, Kokonakis. But really, in the second half of the year, Kimbo, he played yep. very limited tennis. And I, I might have almost gone Jordan Thompson again last night if I was Leighton, but. Uh, once again, I put all the pressure on Alex and unfortunately he didn't get the chocolates. Yeah, just having a little bit of fun there. Uh, it's not the greatest do though, but we, yeah, gee, I used to get a few streaks for each back in the day. Um, and he's a, he's a good lad. I just think he bought, he's getting caught, is he getting caught up in all the sideshow that is Nick Kyrgios as well? Uh, this, look, it's a fascinating talking point because we know he's got incredible talent. talent. He got yep. to 60 in the world. He beat Federer. Uh, now his body is actually sound. I mean, he's, he's actually put together two consecutive seasons on the ATP Tour. He's had to go back and grind at challenger level in front of two cats and a dog at you know remote places around the world. So the body is actually holding up now. They've got to be very careful. Obviously, they, you know, they put him on a, a particular schedule so that he can get through a tennis season. But I think it's his game. You know, There's got to be more than just the big it's serve. True. There's got to be more than just the big forehand. Alexi Popperin, I think, is in this situation... Kimbo as well at the moment. If you don't add variety, if you can't get forward and volley and and just uh, be a bit more dynamic, I mean, look at Demonor. He's, he's everywhere. He's taking the ball early. You know, Elkaraz is number one for a reason, for all those attributes that he brings to his game. So he's got to evolve, uh, Thanasi, because otherwise he's going to be stuck between 50 and 100, which a lot of players can get stuck in. It's not a disgrace. I mean, if you're inside the top 100, you're decent. But mm, the current game, I'm not sure how much further that's going to elevate him. Yeah, and I think, I know they're great mates, but I think he's just become part of the support act to uh, Nick Kyrgios, but that's just my editorial comment. Hey, BP, we just wanted to thank you for everything you've done right throughout the year. You're uh, very good at what you do, but more importantly, well, just as importantly, you're a ripping bloke, so we love having you on the show, and we graciously appreciate it. And uh, the Prezies will arrive when, Rooch? Australia Post, you can't um, trust them. No, the Joker's going to hand-deliver them at the Is Australian he? Open, Okay, yes. beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, chocolate tea, chocolates. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> you guys put so much thought. No, it's an absolute pleasure to come on. Love yeah. love chatting to you. You'd be surprised how much I listen to you guys on the app. So that's the great part about the SEN app uh, going around Australia. But no, Keep selling pleasure. It. pleasure oh, I'm selling it. We'll catch up for a share. But thank you so much, BP. You're thank an absolute you, ripper and we really appreciate it. Here we go. No Brett problems. Phillips. Thank you, guys. Our penultimate show, Roach. Yes. He's a beauty. Where are we tomorrow? To jump on. He was up to all hours yes. last night. I can understand. Uh, that. Now, we're down at the Mosaic, which, which is, is down at the park. old Crowbar, is it? Yeah, football park. For our very last show, and we'll be giving away the $1,000. We'll be announcing the winner of yes. $1,000 worth of free fuel. 
All thanks to Hyundai. And we end on a Tuesday because we have the Australia-West Indies Test Match taking up our space, Kim. I know, the cricket of summer. You'll hear it all on SEN. All right, one more show to go. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Jump onto the app. Apologies again for the uh, 1629. We will get that transmitter fixed. Not easy to get parts, Roach. I understand. I'm blaming Australia Post. Thank you. (laughs) Good night, everyone. 